the Severe MMA Podcast Premium with Sean Sheehan and Graham McDonald. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA Podcast. And today is the second edition of the Trilogy Preview. We had the first Trilogy Jesus, it seems like about four years ago at this stage, but <laughs> it, was, it was only, what, three months ago, four months ago? Uh, where Cage Warriors put on those great trio of cards, and there's another trio coming up this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night with Cage Warriors 1, 1, 7, 8, and 9. And I'm joined by Brad Wharton to preview those three cards. Cage Warriors commentator, Brad, how are you? Are you, are you good this evening? I am very good this evening. Um, very much looking forward to the next few days of fights. Um, like you say, it feels like uh, about five years ago that we last did this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think time's just been sort of on, on a permanent slowdown since around March this year. So, yeah, very excited to uh, to be get back, uh, getting back to do it. And uh, three cracking cards coming up as well. Looking forward to getting into them. Mm-hmm, 100%. I, I suppose the last time we did this, there were a few cancellations afterwards, which is going to happen. It happens in MMA all the time. Anyway. I remember talking to, to, to Ian Dean a couple of years ago uh, about, like, he said he's a great time putting the card together and everyone sees it and then they love it and he's a great time maybe on the night when the card comes together and it's really good but it's like the two weeks before the card happens <laughs> that's the worst time and that, that was before coronavirus and now with you know MMA in general and with the coronavirus as well we're probably going to see some cancellations <laughs> hopefully not I, I don't want to jinx it but hopefully not but uh, in MMA that's just the world we are so we'll get into this we'll, we'll go card by card the three cards uh, and look uh, i suppose look through them uh, especially the big fights the big title fights and maybe the big irish uh, fights as well first things first so brad cage warriors 117 this thursday night the, i suppose coming out of that last trilogy the one fight that really stood out for everyone that was going to happen on this trilogy was luke shanks versus jake hadley for the 125 pound title both of them i, I believe it was the same night wasn't it had fantastic wins one a dominant quick win and one a dominant long win and now they meet together this really is. This is one of those fights where, you know, it's it's tough for I suppose for cage riders because the, a fighter gets to the very top, and they might have one or two title fights, and then they go to the UFC. You know, I think it's harder for cage riders, especially, to build uh, into like big title fights where everyone is really cared about, like the, cares about the next huge contender coming through, just because of how successful cage riders have been and what they do. But this is one of those fights. Like, Jake Hadley was calling for a cage warriors title shot when he was fighting over in Africa before this. I remember he tweeted me once saying he wanted a cage warriors champion. So this has been... I know he's only 6-0, and but and Shanks is only 7-1, and but this is a fight... Maybe not this exact fight, but it's a it's a, a match that has been talked about for a long time, and it's there's a lot of, there's a lot at stake here, isn't there? And this is a huge fight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this isn't the kind of fight that you will always get at this level because you know for various reasons, maybe it doesn't work for the promotion, or you know the guys just don't want to fight each other at that level until they get to the UFC. Um, so I, I think you know may, maybe it's it's the case that you know with the coronavirus situation at the moment. Um, and the UFC not going out of their way to sign loads and loads of guys, especially at flyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of played into Cage Warriors' hands with this one. Um, you know, like I say, it's not always the, the kind of fight that you get to see. So I think we're really, really lucky to see it, and, and especially considering the performances that we saw from both of them. I mean, two completely, utterly dominant performances over high-level opponents that couldn't have been more different. You know, a real smash and grab kind of performance from jake hadley and uh, I, I believe it's actually equaled the most dominant professional uh, mma title fight score ever 
um, mm-hmm. in terms of what Luke Shanks did, because he got, I think he got a couple of 10-8s and maybe a 10-7 on one card or something. Uh, it's just, just complete one-way traffic. Um, so to see these guys now, and look, here's the other thing about this fight. This was supposed to happen years ago when they were amateurs. Um, you know, they've both obviously been standouts on, on the UK circuit. Uh, you know, for for four, five, six years now, uh, it didn't happen for whatever reason. They were supposed to fight on a regional show as professionals, and there was talk of you know pullouts and injuries, and obviously that spiraled into he's been ducking me or he doesn't want to fight me. Um, there was a confrontation in the lift at the last Cage Warriors trilogy where there was some words exchanged. Uh, there's a great little preview video on the on the Cage Warriors social media with two very different accounts of how that encounter went down. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to uh, to see that. And look, Jake Hadley's got a mouth on him, right? He's, he's so good at trash talk. And I think Luke Shanks is a little bit more reserved, but he's had some nice little one-liners in there as well. So the build-up to this one, I think he's probably going to get better over the next couple of days. Uh, and in terms of the fight itself, it's, it's one of the most high-level uh, European flyweight fights ever, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's a really good fight. Like, Maybe we'll talk about the, the intricacies of the fight in a second, but one thing I always like to do, I used to do the, the show Let the Record Show, and I stopped doing it because like four people watched it, but I'm sure like those four people are listening here, and I give a, a quick look at like my uh, what I'd be doing in Let the Record Show. Their last three fights, right? Just the, the, the records of their opponents. Now, these guys, Jack Hadley, what is he? Six fights into his career. Luke Shanks, eight fights into his career. Hadley's last three fights. He fought uh, Shaz Hack, who's 10-4. and four. Blaine O'Driscoll, we know, obviously in the Irish scene, 7-2. and two. Uh, and uh, Zulu as well, eleven and two. So that's a lot of experience there. Luke Shanks last three, uh, Fadine twelve and six, eighteen fights. Pietro Minga been around for a long time. I know you've called some of his fights, uh, thirteen and three, and Connor Hignett as well, six and four. Just going by that, like the amount of experience these guys have fought against in their career, just shows kind of how good they are. Now I'm a bit of a. And I was kind of talking to Dean Gary about it the other day on 11 the podcast as well. I, I'm a bit of an exponent of maybe not doing that as much as, as that. You know, I, I, I'd rather lads have maybe seven or eight fights before they get into fighting guys as, as good as that. But when you're in cage warriors, there's, there's absolutely no hiding bless. And it, it obviously benefits them because, as you said there, like, it's strange to say a fight a fighter in his seventh fight and a fighter in his ninth fight are two guys we know are, like, really, really good but they've really proven it, haven't they, in, in both of their careers so far with just the level they've fought. Yeah, absolutely. And with both these guys, it goes back to uh, their amateur careers as well. They've both fought very good guys at amateur. Um, you know, it, and it's a bit of a story thread going into Thursday night. Obviously, uh, Adam Amasinger has a victory over Luke Shanks. So mm-hmm. depending on, on where the results fall, you know, that might be something to look at in the future. Uh, you look at Jake Hadley's amateur career, he's fought the likes of uh, Jack Temple, Liam Gittins, Warren Mason these names might not mean much in the grander scheme of things to international MMA fans, but believe me when I tell you, these are all credentialed guys. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the records and you see, you know, six and oh, seven and seven and oh, that, that kind of thing with, with this level of guys, they're operating at a level above that. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that with the likes of Ian Gary and, and Paul Hughes later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these guys, and it's probably a bit to do with the fact that they're both flyweights as well. And there just isn't the, that depth of the division for them to get, 10, 15 fights in before they get to the UFC um, that aren't of a certain level. Uh, but look, you know, as fans, this is great for us because it means we're getting to see two guys who are young, battle-tested, highly credentialed. And yeah, you know, one of them, unfortunately, is going to have to lose. But both these guys are going to go on from this and have fantastic careers. You know, they're, they're at that level. 
Um, and it's just you know good fortune for us that we get to see it. Yeah, a hundred percent. So really, really looking forward to that fight. Um, the fight underneath that, obviously, you mentioned the the Amasinger fight as well uh, against Sam Creasy. You know, I, I believe I think Jake is talking to Sam Creasy on Severe uh, this week, but. Two guys like I know that the, the kind of the Amasinger name has been around for a long time. So himself and his brother coming up through the the UK scene and, and further afield as well. That's a, that's a big fight there. But the fight that kind of sticks out to me is the Wesley Maya Michelle uh, Martinoni fight because we saw Wesley Maya was on the last trilogy if I'm not mistaken, and he just it was one of those ones where you look at the fight and you go oh. I'm I'm gonna think of that now. I'm gonna watch it last. I know he's had some big fights before that as well, fighting uh, fighting Jack Shore a few years ago back in Cage Warriors as well. But and uh, we've seen Martignoni and Bellator a couple of times as well. So this is that that's a fight that people maybe if you if you kind of haven't looked into it or have, didn't see the last Maya fight or kind of forget the last Maya fight, that's going to be a banger too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like Wesley Maya is he's a legitimate madman. Mm-hmm. Like you know th- this guy. Uh, stepped up to fight Jack Shaw on I think I think it was 24 hours notice mm. um, his original opponent was was unfortunately I believe not cleared or injured on fight week and Wesley Ma was like yeah no problem I'll do it I'll, I'll cut all the weight and, and I'll go in there obviously look you know Jack Shaw one of the best prospects to come out of Europe in years um, it was a fairly one-sided fight at the time but I think everyone gave Wesley Meyer credit and, and I know Cage Warriors were obviously interested in giving him another shot mm-hmm. he's picked up a few wins elsewhere on the regional circuit against uh, two good guys in Sally Kulakan and Brian Crichton and obviously we saw him against Adam Wilson who himself w- was a huge prospect and if you look back to that trilogy event Graham Boylan was talking about Adam Wilson as perhaps being one or two fights away from going yeah. in against Jack Grant. That was that kind of the roadmap, um, you know. But Wesley Meyer's got a crazy amount of experience. You know, he's, he's got amateur fights that might be pro and might not be. So his record's a bit of a mess. And there's there's a couple of fights missing, I think, uh, here, there and everywhere. But, you know, he's, he's been fighting for such a long time and fighting on the regional circuit in Brazil. You know, that, that kind of thing is going to happen. So he, he's really another one of those fighters where, you know, don't just look at the record look at who he's fought, look at how he's beat them. Um, and obviously the, those last few performances, and uh, particularly the one against Adam Wilson, he broke Adam Wilson's leg with leg kicks in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was stopped on the buzzer, I believe, at the end of the first round um, uh, with Wilson unable to continue. And, you know, fair play to Wilson for toughing it out. Uh, we know Meyer's got incredible power. And we know his opponent, Massignoni, has got crazy power as well. Mm-hmm. I think his last two fights have lasted about 30 seconds mm. uh, between them. And he's had a head kick KO and a KO via strikes as well. Um, competed on Bellator, so obviously not a massive stranger uh, to the bright spotlights. Uh, and he's, he's undefeated, so that, that's always nice to see if he's going to be able to keep that record or if Wesley Meyer takes another prospect scalp. Yeah, 100% I, can't, I really can't wait to see that one. Um, and the four fights left in, we do the fight opening the card, uh, O&O Adam Cullen against uh, one-on-one Oscar Onsworth. But the, the three other fights, it's funny like because it, sometimes you watch cards and there's obviously a lot of up-and-coming people on, on Cage Warriors cards and... and um, you know, even though, even when you've, especially when you've three cards, you know, and that's a lot of talent to have in three nights in a row. But like, Mehdi Ben Lakhtar, everyone, especially like in the earlier scene, is going to remember him from that Joe McCulloch fight. Insane. Aiden Steven, I remember he, like, he fought Paul Hughes in his last fight, and I was big on him coming into that fight. I think he's a really, really good fighter. And Mikel Figlak as well, you know, beat Oban Elliott in his last fight 
in my opinion, Robin Elliott, like one of the the best prospects in in around Europe. You know, coming into that fight, and Mikhail Figlak now obviously puts himself as one of the best prospects as well. Those three fights, you know, I, I'm gonna say especially the Medi Bin Lakter one, but but Figlak as well, I suppose. I, I've a, after watching that fight, how could you not have a soft spot for Medi Bin Lakter? Just a warrior with Joe McCulkin, but just this card. You know, arguably, out of the three cards, you could say maybe this is the weakest. But it's still every fight on this card. Like, I want to watch and I want to see how they get on. Like, it's 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 really good, isn't it? Look, you know, cre- credit to Ian Dean. That's why, you know, in my opinion, he's, you know, he's best matchmaker in Europe, possibly the best matchmaker in the world. There's always something. There's no there's no pointless fights on Cage Warriors. I know, obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm a company guy, so I'm not going to sit here and shit talk them or anything. But <laughs> it's Ian Dean hasn't a clue, has he? <laughs> There, there's always something, you yeah. know. Um, e- even if you look at Adam Cullen, Oscar with fight. Like Oscar's taken this fight on uh, about five days' notice. So, you know, literally uh, got the offer. He's stepping up in weight. He's got on a train today to London. Um, massive step up in competition for him, taking on the debut in Adam Cullen, who, who's a big prospect. So these stories here. Uh, Michael Figlak, like you say, announced himself to the world uh, when he beat Oban Elliott. Um, you know. Uh, Got to give Oban a shout out as well. Obviously, he's you know going through some uh, some issues with his with his health at the moment, and we, and we all hope he gets back to it and you know back to to the gangster that we all know and love next year. So we're all keeping our, our fingers crossed. But you know you can't take anything away from Fig like there. He put on an incredible performance, as did his brother. And, and like you say, Aiden Stephen coming off that loss to Paul Hughes. Well, look, there's no shame in losing to Paul Hughes, and that was a very competitive fight as well. Mm. Um, Emra Sommez, big record. Uh, the level of opposition he's faced isn't comparable to Aiden Stevens' opposition, uh, in in my opinion. So he's got a lot to prove here. Um, he had a big step up in competition in his cage where his debut against Daryl Golding um, earlier on this year in Manchester. Uh, so, th- so this is a big fight for him. Aiden Stevens, the toughest guy, he- he's fought on paper, and for Aiden Stephen. He needs a big win here to, you know, reaffirm his position in the Cage Warriors rankings. You know, make, to make sure that that loss to Paul Hughes, you know, wasn't wasn't a fluke or, or anything like that. He he needs to get back on the winning track here. Uh, and like you say, that Medi Ben Lakdar fight. Look, if you've not seen it, get on Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. Wherever you watch fights, go and find it. Uh, Joe McColgan, Medi Ben Lakdar, one of the best fights I've ever called. Uh, absolutely wild. Steve McIntosh, um, an upcoming prospect from Scotland, obviously coming out of a great camp under coach James Doolan. Uh, a lot of good things being said about him. Again, this is a guy who he's taken a big step up in competition here, but it's got the recipe, uh, it's got all the ingredients rather, of uh, a real barn burner. Mm-hmm. 100%. I can't wait uh, for that card. Uh, then on the Friday night, Cage Warriors 1-1-8. Just go from the bottom, from the top for a second. There's some like really good fights. We have Lee Mitchell versus uh, Nathan Fletcher, Ben Ellis versus Kingsley Crawford, Tom Mearn versus uh, Steve Amiable. Uh, who is always, you know, always valued to watch. Uh, Liam Griffiths, Josh Reed. Like just hearing the name Josh Reed, like <laughs> brings back memories of uh, of the, the the mad fights he's been in. Uh, and then we have some insane things as well. One or two I want to pick on after uh, Mick Stanton as well versus Matters Fleming. That's a very good fight as well. Uh, and Leonardo uh, Demini versus Aaron Khalid, who like everyone seems to be calling Aaron Khalid. But we might we might step back for him in him uh, to him for one second in a second. I mean, um, this Adam Vintra, the, like the two fights here. That uh, you know the Natalia Frederick, Jamie Richardson, Adam Vintra, Decky McAleenan. Okay, we we kind of previewed both of them the last time we did it, but it's worth doing again, obviously, because they didn't happen the last time. What, what myself and Graham were talking about it on the podcast that the weekend, but like, what do you think is the reason this Adam Vintra, Decky McAleenan fight? Seems, everyone seems to be like 
this is the fight that people seem to be caring about more than anything else almost in the week. It, I, I think it's just because it's two kind of lads who you know are going to go in there and give it everything. Like Ventry comes in, he has big hands, big fucking knockdowns, uh, and Decky McAleen, and you know, he, he will fight the fight wherever it needs to be taken. If he's on his back, he's trying to fucking triangle you and he's making a fight out of it. And like, even if, if McAleen fights someone who's like a really strong wrestler and, and a, like a, a boring wrestler or whatever, he's just going to make that fight exciting. It's impossible to have a, a boring fight with Decky McAleen. And it's. This is just a brilliant fight, isn't it? It's, it's one of those ones where you kind of have to be tuned in early for this one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, it's a fight that, you know, it's not got title applications. It's, it's not a title fight. It's not, um, you know, two guys who are maybe immediately knocking on the door of, of the UFC. But this is, is the fight where if you speak to people in the know, if you speak to people who are, you know, fans of Cage Warriors, fans of, of the UK and Irish scene, um and just just fans of, of good fights they're both gonna you know they're all gonna say to you look adam ventry decker mclean are two guys who don't have a reverse gear you know they they don't understand the concept of fighting cautiously or fighting defensively they're two guys who are going to step into the cage they're going to put their foot on the gas and they're going to empty the tank whether it's a quick knockout whether it's a wild slugfest it's going to be value for money it's the kind of fight for me where if I had to go in blind and, and and just pick a fight this this weekend to show to someone who's never seen MMA before, this is one of the ones I'd be picking. Like these two guys are just going to go and leave it all in the cage. And as a fan of MMA, what more can you ask for? I mean, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier because there's going to be no boring stalling on the fence or, or stalling on the cage. Uh, like you say, you know, Decky is going to attack, attack, attack. Adventure is going to soak up all that punishment uh, and come back throwing those big wild bombs looking for the finish. Um, and I think, you know, there's probably, you know, an added bit of anticipation to it because, you know, obviously Adam's had a lot of trouble with, with injuries and cancellations. He's had about five fights cancelled on Cage Warriors in the last few years. And, and obviously Decky was supposed to fight him previously at the trilogy, but um, there was an issue with uh, with a positive COVID test in one of the camps. So the anticipation among the hardcore fans has, has been building. And, you know, fingers crossed now, <laughs> let's not jinx it. We're going to see it go down in a few days' time. Yeah, I don't want to be doing a third preview for that fight. <laughs> so, yeah, I, can't, I, can't well, I thought you just maybe spliced the bit we did last time yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, effort, but. I should have, I should have, yeah. Uh, I could do it for the main event as well. Uh, Natalia's Frederick versus Jamie Richardson. Like, looking through their records, Jamie Richardson has won uh, his last four in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously, uh, a lot of people in the Irish scene would know. Um, Nice Tyus Frederick kind of coming out of nowhere and maybe to, to the to likes of me and people who watch maybe Cage Warriors but not the local scene in the UK to draw with James Webb and then beat James Webb obviously in the rematch in a, in a fantastic uh, display. And like to me, Natalia Frederick is one of those guys where maybe not now, well, no, I think even now the UFC will be sniffing around him because he, he performs in such a way that like there is so much improvement I think for him to make. And he's still dangerous as fuck right now, isn't he? It this is a a, a big fight for Natalia Frederick, obviously, because I don't think he's far away from the UFC, even though he's only what this on his third cage warriors fight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it's a big fight for Jamie Richardson too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, with Natias, he uh, he had his cage warriors debut uh, in a, a title fight yeah. um, against James Webb, and obviously, mm. uh, you know, went the full five rounds in what was. A chaotic contest is probably uh, the best word to describe it. And, you know, similar sort of thing for the rematch. 
you know, that stopped with one second remaining in the fourth round. Another absolutely wild brawl. I think the thing about Natias is he's obviously very, very raw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, physically, there aren't that many guys who are going to be a match for him at this level. So you've got to find that you've got to find a way to beat him. You've got to find a way to out technique him or outwork him. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see Jamie Richardson, who is probably a diametrically opposite kind of fighter uh, to James Webb. You know, James is obviously looking for the takedowns, looking for the top control, whereas Jamie Richardson is going to stand in the pocket and sling from the hips. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a very different kind of fight this time. Uh, I'm sure Natalia Fredrick will have absolutely no issue whatsoever standing in front of Jamie Richardson and, you know, tossing the coin to see which one of them lands first. And, and it could very well be that kind of situation. You know, I mean, I, I've seen um, Natias. I've called some of his fights on the regional circuit prior to Cage Warriors. I've seen him take big shots as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, we've all seen Jamie Richardson's, uh, you know, wild fights on Cage Warriors. Uh, the fights with Phil Wells, for example, uh, the, the second fight, particularly against Phil Wells, was a real back and forth fight of the year contender where he took some massive shots. He was able to dig deep and ultimately come back a, and get a finish himself. Uh, he's answered a lot of questions about his gas tank as well. So, you know, could it be that we see Jamie Richardson try and maybe not engage straight away, but try and drag Natias into those third and fourth rounds? Either way, I think we're going to be in for a real coin toss of a fight here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, what about this Ar- Ar- Arne Kelly, Leandro uh, Domini fight? I'm looking at uh, Domini's record here. And, you know, maybe not too many guys that we have kind of heard of before fighting in... In over in Italy, in different uh, promotions, fighting in Vinator back in the day as well. Coming into Cage Warriors here for the first time, I believe, against Khalid, who's like almost the who fought the who's who. You know, Mick Stanton, Lahore, you know, beating Jamie Richardson, beating Hakan Foss, fought Ross Houston twice, Adam Proctor, he's a win over him. You know, the the last Cage Warriors welterweight champion, well, the one before, uh, the one before, uh, God, what's his name? Mason Jones, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or was that was that a vacant? No, I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, did, it, this fight is, I suppose, is another one that I know. Aaron Khalid was supposed to fight. God, who was he supposed to fight? Burlington, Burlington wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah. yeah, and that was pulled because of Bellator. Uh, if he, he forgot, he was on the contract. Yeah. With Bellator, yeah. <laughs> Easily done, Jordan. Rampage Jackson <laughs> did well. <laughs> sure, look, these things happen in MMA. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose it's not the fight. Maybe people were hoping for Aaron Khalid. I know there's a few, maybe a few people around his weight class were hoping for that fight and didn't manage to get it as well. But uh, what, can, what, what could you tell us about that fight and about Domini? Well, interesting thing about Aaron Khalid as, as well. If you remember last time. We obviously had that situation where there was a there was a positive COVID test in Natias Frederick's camp, mm-hmm. uh, and he was supposed to fight, I believe, on the Saturday. Now Aaron Khalid fought on the Thursday last time. Yeah, uh, got that quick win over Mick Stanton, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of talk of Aaron Khalid stepping in to fight Jamie Richardson mm-hmm. for an interim title or or a non-title fight, or you know, winner gets Frederick essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I think I think he did himself a lot of favors there. You know, in terms of like public perception, saying, "Look, I'm, I'm, I'll go again. I'll fight tomorrow. I'll fight the day after." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's you know, it's done uh, it's done him no harm in terms of you know making him a you know more of a fan favorite than he already was, especially for for the Welsh fans. Um, look, it's not the fight he was expecting. He, he was expecting to fight Burlington up until about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously that those questions that you, you have to ask uh, with a late changing opponent. And obviously someone who's, with all due respect, a bit of an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fought on the regional scene in Italy. Um, the name that people will recognise from his record is John Maguire. Yeah. Um, Maguire, 
you know, similarly well versed on the ground to Aaron Khalid in, in many respects. Uh, and, and Maguire did beat him. Uh, he was able was able to get that submission. Uh, but look, he's got his submission skills of his own. He's finished fights with ground and pound before. So I think it's very much like the Stanton fight in a way. Uh, we could see some mad scrambles in this one, and it could be a case of, you know, who can snatch your neck first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think smart money will be on Khalid, but this is a fantastic opportunity uh, for Demini to come in and, and make a big upset. Look, if he takes Aaron Khalid out, well, look, he's, he takes Khalid's spot on the ladder as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. That's a big scalp to take on your debut on two weeks' notice. So he's got a lot to play for and relatively little to lose. He's, he's, I'm sure he'll be invited back given that he's kind of got Cage Wars out of a bit of a hole mm-hmm. stepping up at the last minute. So looking forward to it. Yeah, should be good. I can't leave this car without uh, mentioning Matt Inman as well. I know you wrote an article, and Harry Williams has an article on him as well. Uh, and he's he's for fighting three years, I believe. He's fighting Matthew Bonner. I was looking through Matthew Bonner's record, and he's some really good opponents on that. Doesn't have the best record, nor like a seven six and one. But when you're fighting the likes of likes of fucking Marco Madsen, you know, in in cage world, you you're probably not. You know, if you're taking those sort of fights, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a tough record. But big fight for Matt Inman, isn't it? Coming back after uh, after three years out. Yeah, obviously, Matt has um, taken some time away from competing. Um, obviously, you know, everyone will know uh, the, obviously the, the tragic loss that yeah. they had of, of SBG Manchester head coach Carl Tanswell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt has, has stepped into that head coach's role w- with that gym. Um, so he's had a bit of time away from the cage. I'm sure that's probably given him time to, you know, kind of reset and refresh and maybe get rid of a few niggling injuries uh, and also develop, you know, the, the coaching side of the aspect, which he was already involved in, but obviously, obviously a lot more so now. Um, but what an interesting fight to come back to. He obviously taking on Matt Bonner, who, as you say, a uh, bit of a messy record, but he's only fight. You know, you look at the losses recently: Jamie Richardson, Madison Flaminas, Mark and Madsen, mm-hmm. and and he's he's beaten tough guys as well. Going back to his amateur days, uh, you know, I, I've been calling um, Matt Bonner's fights for uh, a long time on the amateur circuit as well. And he's always gone in there uh, against very tough guys. Crucially, though, it's the last fight that's interesting because he had that crazy come from behind win against George Smith who, you know, Matt Inman was saying, this is the next guy in this division. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting now to see um, the uh, the master come in and try and get revenge for the student, as it were. You know, often we see that played out the other way around, where it's, you know, the younger student coming to get revenge for the fallen master. But interesting for Matt Inman to kind of reverse the roles there. Uh, and look, I know Matt is a storied guy. I've been a huge fan of his for a long, long time. Uh, it was really nice, actually, what, writing the article for Cage Warriors and going back through some of his old fights. And you really do understand, you know, he's put on some great performances. You know, he fought in Chechnya, uh, fought in, uh, in London as a Mancunian against, you know, a rabid home crowd. He, he really has put the years in and put the miles in. And... What he's looking to do, I'm sure, is be the first guy to finish Matt Bonner. Matt Bonner never been finished before as a pro, and I believe as an amateur either. So that's, I'm sure, something that's got Matt Inman fired up. You know, he's going to be looking for reasons to challenge himself. Hey, stopping this guy for the first time—that—that's something that Jamie Richardson couldn't do. That's something that Marco Madsen couldn't do. So if Matt Inman can be the first guy to do it, that's mm-hmm. huge for him. And if Matt Bonner can can beat a guy who's you know been a big name on the scene for many many years that's a big win for him as well 100% yeah so it's very interesting fight. lots of interesting fights uh, on Cage Warriors oh, Cage Warriors 1-1-8 even um, 
Dylan Cager is one one nine. I have a lot of notes on this card because this is a a banger of a card. The first thing I think we we'll we look at the top two fights and then we we'll get to maybe all the Irish lads uh, after that. So uh, Sharia versus Goodwin. Like watching some of Sharia's fights. He's just a, such a fast starter, dynamic, brave, maybe a bit too brave at, at times to take so many shots. Reminds me a little bit of, of Tom Duke and Wong when he was kind of coming through on the scene, just, just fucking a, a madman in the pocket and Goodwin as well. Light on the feet, lovely check hook, lovely check hooks even, lovely leg kicks. Um, I suppose that fight first before we move on to the second fight. That, like, you watch the two of those lads fighting their last few fights. And it's very hard to see how this one. Not, I, 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 I don't want to put the curse to it and say it goes the distance, but like this is going to be a banger for two rounds. Like, and it's very hard to see how either of them kind of make it out of there after that, isn't it? This is a great fight. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could go the distance. I, I mean, so. both these guys, but you know, they've, they've been they've been stopped before. But um, I, I think if it does go the distance, I think, like you say, we're going to have two two and a half rounds of absolute chaos mm-hmm. and then it's just gonna be a battle of attrition after that yeah could be, um yeah. you know you look at that perry goodman fight against reese mckee uh, and when you consider as well that reese mckee is is a welterweight and, mm-hmm. and perry's really a featherweight and you know, obviously i think that contest was i think it was at lightweight i want to say it was a lightweight or maybe a catch weight of 160 or or thereabouts i know perry has fought around welterweight before um but he dealt there with some physical attributes that Morgan Charrier just isn't going to have on him. So he's used to taking those big shots off a guy like Reese McKee, who is a natural welterweight. I'm, I'm sure we'd all yeah, agree. It was uh, and yeah, bang yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's used to taking those big shots and he's used to dealing with, uh, you know, guys with big frames and everything. You know, Morgan doesn't necessarily have all those physical attributes. We know he can hit hard. We saw that uh, third round KO over Dean Truman. uh, And we know that Morgan's got a gas tank on him as well. I I think the thing about these two guys is that they're both just really, really hard nosed. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to get their heads down. They're going to get stuck in. Uh, This is not going to be a point scoring fight. And you know, Mm -hmm. point scoring fights can be entertaining as well when there's a lot of T-Con show, technique on show. This one's going to be a a wild one. This one's going to be a fist fight. And uh, I can't wait. Look, I wish, I wish this fight was happening um, in a venue in France with a big crowd, uh, and I'm sure Perry does too. I know he originally didn't really want to fight on these trilogy events because he he, he fought on uh, an earlier one, didn't particularly enjoy the experience of not having the crowd there. You know, mm. I'm sure he would love it to be, uh, you know, in the Metro in Newcastle. Uh, you know, both these guys have a lot of uh, a lot of fan support. You know, Morgan especially with him being a big YouTube star over over in France. Um, and I think it's just a, it, it's a crying shame. And I know as well, Morgan must be so close to getting signed by the UFC if he keeps winning. I really do wish that we can have a, an arena show in France for Cage Warriors with with Morgan either defending his belt against someone else or maybe giving Perry a rematch if Perry beats him this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd just be a fantastic end to his Cage Warriors story. Uh, but look, we have to de- uh, you know we have to deal with the the, the hand that we've been dealt. Um, so it's going to be a great fight either way. Mm-hmm. Get this vaccine going, mate. <laughs> we'll all throw up in France oh, in the wild. Let's do it. This, I'll say, okay, Jack Grant versus uh, Aggie Sigdari. Watching Jack Grant's fight, I think one thing people don't mention enough about Jack Grant is just what a fucking fantastic athlete he is. Like, talk, you can talk about all his attributes, he's really good on the ground, really good stand-up. I just think... We don't see athletes like this that often in MMA, to be honest. I just, I like, I really think if Jack Grant was playing another sport, he could go anywhere he wants to. He just looks to me like the guy who's like a really good athlete. And I'll throw it off to Aggie, Aggie Sadari, right? 
So he hasn't fought in cage wars, hasn't fought really around this scene that I've heard of much as I was look, kind of looking him up. So I, I went and I YouTubed him, right? The first video I saw was like a highlight. And uh, I don't know, I didn't watch it. I saw the, I saw the front of it. I mean, he was wearing a gi, like a stand-up karate gi or something like that. So it was one of his fights. So I went to watch one of his fights first. And he took the guy down for like three rounds non-stop. I was like, hold on. I thought this guy was like a taekwondo guy. Then I went back to that video, watched it. And he's doing like taekwondo meets, you know, with, with his uh, with his pajamas pants on. Fucking fighting lads in, in stand-up in, in gyms like that. This guy is... I, I don't know how much you know about him. I don't know how much anybody knows about him. Maybe I'm I'm uh, not seeing it all. But haven't kind of discovered him looking at through his YouTube and looking through his topology for like a half an hour there the other day. He's an interesting character. He's an interesting fighter as well, isn't he? And this is this makes for a bit of an insane fight, I think. Here's man, you know, the, the Dutch regional scene um, doesn't get the the dues that that it deserves. You know, it's produced some fantastic fighters over the years. I think it's probably still a situation where, like, you know, the, the main combat sport over there is Dutch kickboxing because most people who start combat sports over there come from a Kyokushin background. Mm. Um, or, or you know they 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 go straight into the, the Dutch style kickboxing or, or, or Thai boxing, um, but Sadari you know he's uh, he's a triple threat. He's a he's got an interesting ground game. He's obviously got a fantastic stand up game, and as you said about Jack Grant, he's also a pretty super athlete as well. Mm. Um, you know if you go through his social media, there's some there's some pretty cool videos of him doing some um, athletic feats that the likes of me could only dream of. Mm. Um, you know pulling himself up two separate ropes with two bare hands and stuff and i'm like yes i'm sat there on the couch eating a bag of chips or something thinking yeah i could, I could probably do that but i just don't want to you get know? two better slashes or that right yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but uh yeah that's uh it's just showing off sean it's just, just showing off. It is a really uh, sean. I'm well, no, this this guy's you know physically very well put together um uh, look jack grant as you say you don't see dudes that look like this normally like that aren't you know comic book characters like he's mm-hmm. physically absolutely ridiculous and he's got the skills to back it up uh you know we've, we've seen him in cage warriors using you know crazy wrestling techniques crazy striking techniques he does a lot of grappling as well um he's got a win over john mcguire in a grappling bout this year already uh, w- with a flying armbar mm. and john mcguire very very high level uh, grappler outside of, of the mma cage um He's got some big wins on his record. Alexi Mantakevi uh, obviously beat uh, Yassin Belhaj, who's also competing this weekend, yeah. with a crazy uh, mounted guillotine as well. Um, and then went over Perry Goodwin. He stopped Perry Goodwin with uh, with knees in the first round. So, you know, this is a guy who's very, very well credentialed. Uh, he's going to have to keep his head moving against Aggie Sadari. Mm-hmm. You know, he got caught by Jai Herbert again. No shame in that. Jai Herbert hits like an absolute truck. Uh, but he got caught in a very similar way if you go back by uh, by Des Parker, almost an identical shot. So he's got to keep his head moving off the center line. He can't uh, he can't rest on his laurels, but I'm sure that's a lesson he's learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, Sidari coming in, I would imagine he'll be an underdog. He's not as well-known. The last thing that Jack Grant wants to do is lose to a guy and everyone's saying, oh, well, who's this guy that he's lost to? You know, yeah. this can be a, a huge elevator for Aggie Sadari if he gets the win, but Jack Grant doesn't want it done at his expense. So a lot mm-hmm. rested on this one for him. And I feel like, uh, I, I, don't, I haven't talked about this, but I feel like Ian Dean after the Fanny fight the last time where I was watching him, I think a lot of people watched him and uh, thought he was going to like give, uh, 
Jack Cartwright he was fighting wasn't it a, a, a good fight yeah. obviously Jack Cartwright's really special and in there very quickly but I feel like this is the next guy coming in now that uh, people say oh who's he and then he and Ian afterwards are like that's who he is you know so I feel like he's uh, he's going to put on a, a big form here. I'm really looking forward to that um, you mentioned Yasin Balash he's fighting Dean Truman as well two guys who've been around for a, a good while especially Dean Truman on the undercard here really good fight uh, Lucas uh, Marcinkowski is fighting Chris uh, Dunk, Christian Duncan Will Curry uh, Dario Bellandi uh, and uh, Kevin Mullen as well. Come on, I, I broke the news of this fight and I was looking up his uh, record and stuff. And Kevin Mullen has fought pretty only four times in, uh, and I think he's a pro for three and a half years or something like that. And he's coming in here against Ke- Kent Kapoinen, who's you know shared the cage and the ring in different places with lots of good people like Fabian Edwards, Will Flory, Melvin Manhoof. Six, what is he? Twelve and six in his MMA career, but has probably. 30 odd fights or whatever maybe in kickboxing and boxing and something like that that's a tough fight to be put into in your fifth fight in your cage rider's debut for uh, for kevin mullen isn't it but there seems to be a, a bit of hype around him yeah absolutely you know kent is a guy who uh, you know he, he kind of boxes as a journeyman so mm-hmm. uh, and you know when, when we say journeyman in boxing we mean something completely different to yeah. you know the guys like Reece street and everything you know Legends. he's a guy andy nunn my favorite <laughs> <laughs> second to none <laughs> <laughs> I meant to mention Reece Street earlier on, actually, because yeah, obviously he fought, he, someone, uh, yeah. he fought Jake Hadley, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I think I called that fight, actually. <laughs> Reece Street, one of my... Get Reece Street uh, on Gage Warriors. That's what we need to do. I'll fight him. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, honestly, if I win Euro Millions one day and take over, it's going to happen. Yeah, nah. at least he'll get a win anyway. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Uh, but, uh, yeah, Ken uh, Ken Kapanen, When I say he's a German boxer, he's he's a guy who will go and take someone the distance. Mm. You know, he's he's going in there and he's you know he's taking the guy to the final bell. And he's got plenty of wins in boxing as well. Um, you know, he fights obviously unlicensed as a boxer, um, but he's at kickboxing matches as well. And he's been around forever in MMA, and he's, he's just fought loads of people. You know, he's fought uh, Manzolo, Manhof, uh, Will Flurry. Uh, you know, ju- just in recent years, and you go back, and he's just been a kind of um, just just kind of a benchmark competitor for a lot of guys. You know, he's been in, as you say, uh, with Fabian Edwards, Walter Gerhardter, um, so a lot of recognisable names on the record. And he usually gives a good account of himself and an entertaining account of himself. So mm-hmm. you know, don't let the records uh, tell the whole story of this one. It, it might look like. Mullins being thrown to the wolves, but Kalpernan's going to be a good test for him. And look, it's a fresh start for Kent Kalpernan. You know, he signed on with Cage Warriors for five fights. Um, so look, if he can come in and, and take the sheen off this prospect straight away, get a couple of wins under his belt, well, you know, th- there's nothing to say. If he can't put a nice run together, being the entertaining kind of fighter he is as well, there's nothing to say that this time next year we couldn't be talking about him having a title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to looking forward to that one. Yeah, you know, you'd like to see him against Matt Inman, for example. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's a fight that's yeah. got a bit of intrigue in it. Yeah, it would, definitely. Um, right, so to the, to the Irish lads, I'm, I'm going to get the Ian Gary first. Um, and this matchup versus Lawrence Tracy, I suppose the one, one that kind of came out of the blue, Lawrence Tracy 5-4. and four. Having watched these fights, I'm not sure he's on the same level as Ian Gary, to be honest. And I know uh, that there's <laughs> it's very tough to get Ian Gary fo- uh, match made because he's he's 4-0 and it's uh, it's not the, <laughs> the best fight in the world for you to take if you're another up-and-comer as well. Uh, I know that, but uh, like this seem- to me seems like the fight that it's a you know watching Lawrence Tracy's fights he's not the best fighter in the world all around but he has some big fucking power and if Ian Gary's not taking this seriously he could get caught with that fucking power now I think Ian Gary will win this fight pretty comprehensively but it's one of these fights where 
I think for for Ian Gary, if you're looking at it, maybe you're, and I know I'm going to be talking to him later on the week, so I'm looking forward to that interview. But like, if if you get over this fight, and you know, with the, as you were talking about earlier, the welterweight belt is is kind of around there, and people we don't know who's going to fight for it next. At five and zero, if you're going to maybe win another couple of fights, or even in you know at six, seven and zero, you could be fighting for that welterweight belt as well. This is a big fight for Ian Gary to get over, and you know, someone who's five and four in your fifth fight as well, isn't that? You know, it's it's not uh, it's not as if it's, he's fighting, you know, retreat or something like that, is it? So it's it's one of those fights. I know. I'm, I don't, I think Ian Gary is probably a bit uh, a bit uh, disappointed he didn't get someone. You know, he's probably disappointed he didn't get fucking Mason Jones here or something. But like, you know, he's uh, he's disappointed with this fight. But it's it's good to see Ian Gary back in there again, and good for him to get the experience if nothing else, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think Ian Gary's probably disappointed he's not fighting Kamara Usman yeah. or Jorge Masvidal. I think. <laughs> you, you, know mean, I mean? you mentioned him the last time I interviewed him. <laughs> if, um, if fights were won on confidence alone, this guy would yeah. be a multiple time, multiple weight world champion already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what 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 a likable guy he is, and what a fantastic fighter he is. And you know, I, I, he obviously had all the hype coming into that last fight against George McManus. And I really tried to go out of my way to explain to people on the broadcast and that just how good George McManus yeah. is as an opponent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for Ian to beat him in the way that he did just shows you where Ian is in, in terms of his level. Uh, but look, you know, like you say, Ian's, Ian's 4-0. and And... Obviously, the barrier to entry for the UFC has been lowered a lot over the years because they're doing so many more shows now. Like, you know, the likes of me will go on about the good old days when there was five pay-per-views a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's five pay- there's five shows a month now, yeah. right? So they need, they need more guys. So obviously, you know, it's not a case of like it was 10 years ago when you had to have 15, 20 fights against the UFC. Guys are getting signed at 5-0, and 6-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going through the the contender series, etc. So I'm sure at the back of Ian's mind, the UFC is probably not all that far away. Mm-hmm. But he needs to get cage time in, and he needs to fight guys like Lawrence Tracy, who have got uh, double the experience. Um, he's fought tough guys. I mean, you know, Lawrence has been there with Mason Jones. Uh, he's been in there with, with uh, Wesley Mersh, who's a, a long-time veteran of the UK scene. He's been there with Alan Brakowski, who we saw on Cage Warriors last time. You know, he's fought some decent guys. He's fought Josh Ellis, Josh Plant, mm-hmm. and he's beat George McManus as well back in the day as an amateur. Um, so th- this isn't a guy who is just kind of like middling around. This is a guy who's coming out of a very good team in Trojan Free Fighters, mm-hmm. training under Paul Sutherland, first ever Cage Warriors lightweight champion, and training alongside guys like the Figlax. So he's going to give Ian Gary exactly the kind of test he needs. Now, how Ian beats him will likely determine Ian's immediate trajectory next time. Mm-hmm. If Ian can, you know, blow this guy completely out of the water, well, then all of a sudden you think, well, that we've got a vacant title there. Is Ian, you know, maybe going to be fighting for that next fight, fight after. If he struggles against Lawrence Tracy, well, then look, let's get him in with more guys on this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's It's a good, uh, like, it's a good yardstick right now. I even though I feel like a couple of guys you mentioned, you know, Fig Lacko we fought before and uh and George McManus, I think this might be a little bit of a step down, but what can you do, I suppose? It's, I, I think Ian is happy enough to kinda of get a fight in anyway. And like a lot of people probably at the start of this year, if you said, Okay, you'll get two fights before the end of the year, which Ian Gary is gonna be getting now all you know, fingers crossed, I think Ian Gary and a lot of people would have been bitten your finger off. So uh look looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing how it goes. Um, uh, I think the thing is as well, like if you're you know, say you're a coach or a manager of a guy who's like, I don't know, maybe like 
12 and 2 or 12 and 3 or something. I'm not talking about anyone specific here, mm -hmm. just, you know, a hypothetical guy yeah. who's like 12 and 2 or 12 and 3, who, who's kind of in line for the Cage Warriors title. Do you want to put your guy in against Ian Gary Absolutely and risk not. Ian doing mm -hmm. to him what he's done to his last few opponents? No. Mm -hmm. Maybe if Ian gets a few more big highlight real wins and he's like 6 and 0, 7 and 0, you can think, well, yeah, obviously this guy's the next big thing, so it's fine, we'll do it. But do you want to be the guy who loses to the 4-0 guy, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not. So I can't imagine it's been the easiest task for Ian Dean uh, to find an opponent here. So look, credit to Lawrence Tracy. He's not there to make up the numbers. He's there, I'm sure, to make an example of Ian Gary and be like, well, you know what? Sit down, kid. It's not your mm -hmm. time yet. God, I'm looking forward to now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I find I, I'm looking forward to that, which I think is... A very even fight is on. I mean, Paul Hughes, Jordan Vucinic is, to me, could be the fight of the weekend. We'll get to that this last of all here. This is the one. But we'll get to that last one. But Kieran Lister versus Joe McCulligan. Obviously, I know everyone listening to this podcast probably knows Joe very well. Having gone and watched Kieran Lister, he's a bit like Joe, you know? He's a, a very, very good, much. very good jab, uh, nice head movement. Like, Watching this, watching these two lads fight, uh, coming into this fight, I feel like this one, you know, without uh, getting the wrath of Ben Cartlidge, this could be a split decision at the end. <laughs> like, you know, this, this is a, this is going to be a very close fight, I think, between two very similar guys, and maybe a tough one for the ju to ju the judges to to pick a winner at the end. This is this I'm, is top matchmaking. I'm wearing my one credit classics hoodie as we speak. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to grass you to Ben <laughs> as soon as we're finished. <laughs> No, man. No. So listen, Kieran Lister last time, right, fought uh, Tom Means. And I felt really sorry for Dan Strauss because obviously Dan is like the creme de la creme of grapplers and mm. grappling commentators. And this was a good old-fashioned punch-up mm. uh, and a really technical one as well. Yeah. And that's kind of my wheelhouse. Like my background is obviously in like uh, karate and kickboxing and stuff like that. Um, so I got to use one of my favorite phrases for, for commentary, which is distance management every 30 seconds in that fight. And Paul Dan was just sat there, like, you know, waiting for a Darce choke or something, which definitely wasn't going to happen. Um, but like you say, Kieran Lister, uh, a long, rangy striker, very, very good at managing the distance on his strikes, very, very good at getting his head out the way of the counter shot, much like Joe McColgan. Um, Joe, perhaps a little bit more liable to. Uh, take one to give one mm -hmm. uh, and we've seen obviously his you know we talked about it earlier on the legendary fight against uh, yeah, uh, Mehdi Ben Lakdar yeah. and, and you go back as well and look at his fights against uh, Sean Carter another wild wild brawl you know if you've not had a quick look back at this one this week I'd advise you to, to check that one out as well Cage Warriors 86 against Sean Carter um, look he's come up short a couple of times you know, but, but the guys he's come up short to Jai Herbert Mason Jones you know, both these guys in the UFC now, and when you look at Mason Jones' last performance, the, you know, this guy is, is just insane. You know, he's, he's got otherworldly power, and I don't necessarily think it's, uh, it's any slight on Joe whatsoever. I think we're in for a real, real good, visually appealing punch-up in this one. Um, it's one of the, I'm not going to pick wins anyway, so I can't really do that, but... Mm -hmm. Even if I wasn't in the position that I'm in and you came up to me on the street and said, oh, who's your money on here? I wouldn't touch this fight as a better, mm. you know, if I had a million pounds to throw away because I really think it will be that close. Yeah, it's it's one of those I can't, I couldn't pick it either. I'll pick Joe McCulligan because I'm biased Irish. So I'll, yeah. 
<laughs> you can have Kieran Lister because you're English. Fuck's sake. No, obviously that. Um, right, the last, so last fight uh, of the week. And, you know, I suppose we didn't touch on every fight in, in a big way, but there's lots of great fights in it. But this Paul Hughes-Jordan Vucinich fight, like, I, I, I went back, obviously, not Paul Hughes very well uh, being Irish, but watching the last Jordan Vucinich fight, or maybe he's fight before that, and you were commenting on it. And uh, I remember one of your first comments is like, oh, I think he might be a kickboxer <laughs> or something like that. You know, or, he's just, <laughs> or, or, or I think he might be, uh, have done a bit of Muay Thai or something like that. Kicking the outside of the leg, just big power. And, like, bi- not just big power with his, his leg kicks and, and when you're getting close like that, he will throw that big power and he will make it difficult for you. Like, we, we know Paul Hughes, very fast, powerful, good takedowns, good underground, good jiu-jitsu. It's this has really the recipe for like as as me someone right who who as I've I've been on the record all the time says I prefer maybe get lads taking it slowly you know <laughs> get them to eight no nine no ten no and didn't give them this is this is like cage warriors at its best where I really want to see this fight even though I'm like oh do I really want to see both of these lads fight each other right now you know but I do I really do want to see it what a fight this is going to be like. To, to me, I, I think, and I'll give you my key, and I'll throw it over you and can preview the rest of it, but I think my key is if Paul Hughes can get underneath and take Jordan Vucinich to the ground, because Vucinich does come in and throw big shots. We've seen in his previous fights, he's gotten taken down a couple of times, and I think Paul Hughes might have the advantage uh, jiu-jitsu-wise. So I think that might be the key for Paul Hughes, but if Vucinich can keep it standing, I think it'll be <laughs> just an all-merciful war on those feet, and Vucinich has serious power there as well. This is This is just a special fight, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I um, I wrote about this for Cage Warriors uh, the, towards the end of last week, and I sort of alluded to those kind of classic Cage Warriors fights of the past. Uh, you know, you look at things like uh, Jim Wallhead versus Danny Roberts, and going back even further, Dan Hardy versus Matt Thorpe, mm-hmm. where, you know, again, you maybe would expect them to kind of, you know, swerve those fights in in pursuit of the UFC, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every now and again, you know, the stars align, and they've done so here. Um both these guys really wanted to fight each other. They, they're two young men with a big chip on their shoulder, wanting to prove that they're the best guy in this division, wanting to prove that they should get the next that title shot at, at, at Perry or Morgan, whoever walks out with the belt. Um, and, you know, contrasting styles of strikers, you know, you've got Jordan Vucenic. He throws with power, but he also throws in, in high numbers as well. You know, there, there's always a bit of a rat-a-tat-tat to him. You know, there, there's a, a couple of shots come in before the big low kick, or, you know, there's a nice little combination before he throws a, a big right hand. Paul Hughes, a bit more measured, looking for those power shots. I mean, we've seen him stop guys with a, with a head kick on, on Cage Warriors already. And we, we obviously know he's got big power in his hands as well. The Aiden Stephen fight, really allowed him to display a new facet. You know, Aiden Steven, known mainly as the grappler, and it almost was like Paul Hughes wanted to prove that point against Aiden Steven to say, look, I'm going to take this guy down and I'm going to submit the grappler. I'm going to show you that I've got more than one string to my bow. So like you say, it could very much be a case of does Hughes fall back to that grappling style that he showed us last time? Does he try uh, and and wait for an opportunity to to get underneath the hands uh, and take Jordan Vucenic to the mat. Can Jordan Vucenic pancake him and stay out of the way? Or does she say, you know what? I'm going to go back to vintage Paul Hughes that was known as a striker, known as a kickboxer, and I'm going to just draw a line in the sand and say, look, step over this. You're going to get hit, and let's see what you've got. God almighty, I can't wait. I can't, that, that, you know, it's the, the one, isn't it? It is the one, right, really. Like, it is the one. That, like, Deku Wackelin and Adam Vintra as well. I think this is like that fight, except it has like that 
added edge like one of these lads is on the brink of not only a title shot but on a shot, shot and on the, on the brink of the UFC as well it's it's a, it's an amazing fight just a, a really really good fight and I uh, I can't wait for it anyway I know everyone uh, listening to this probably can't as well Brad I've kept you long enough we're nearly in a, at an hour again I was like oh this will be like a good 15 minute podcast <laughs> like an hour again so uh, thank you very much for joining me uh, everyone follow him on Twitter at what is it at MMA Brad is that it it's MMA Brad 48 MMA Brad 48 Tune in to Cage Warriors Fight Pass uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night The UFC will be on Saturday night after it as well We'll be doing the live uh, stream on Patreon I know Brad you might pop in there after one of the fights and Yeah <laughs> if I've got time to do the printers and then call I'll definitely pop in love, so it, love it So yeah we'll be starting around 7, half 7 Just uh, about as the, the main card is about to start So really looking forward to that if you're on Patreon Patreon.com forward slash for your main podcast Brad thank you very much Thanks everybody for listening We'll see you all next time Good luck <laughs>